Well, good morning, and thanks so much for joining us Monday morning. And uh, just had quite the conversation there with Paul Hughes, who is a Saskatchewan farmer, has decided to go over and do humanitarian work in Ukraine shortly after the war started. He's been over there for over 600 days. His son is over there with him as well. And the recount of, of course, the work that they're doing, which is such important work, but getting captured at one point by Russian soldiers, taken into captivity, driven to an unknown location with his head pushed down in the back of the car, goes through a grilling, ultimately chats with a Russian soldier who speaks fairly good English, and through conversations about farming and hockey, they basically are able to build a bit of a bond, a bit of a relationship, and he's released. I, I cannot imagine. And this morning, for a big chunk of our show today, we are paying tribute to Ukraine, the fact that Saturday marked the two-year anniversary since that unprovoked attack by Russia and the impact that that has here in Saskatchewan. Because don't forget, I think it's 13% of the Saskatchewan population has ties to Ukraine. It's a big piece of Saskatchewan. I think it's hundred and almost 140,000 people in our province have ties to Ukraine. And we know 6,300 people, roughly, have moved to Saskatchewan, have been displaced into our province from Ukraine since the war broke out. And so this is a big part of what we do. The Ukrainian Canadian Congress, which has both a Saskatoon Regina branch, um, held some solidarity events on the weekend, a march on Saturday in Regina, uh, marking the second anniversary of Russia's full-scale invasion in Ukraine. The flags were held high. The snow was falling. It was quite a thing. There were hundreds of people out. And the same in Saskatoon as well. They had a ceremony there. It started at Bethlehem Catholic High School, ended at the Legion. Hundreds of people came out to support that as well. And, you know, this gets us thinking, do you feel we are doing enough to support Ukraine? When when this war broke out, we, of course, everyone in Canada was watching closely what was going on. We were sending supplies. We were helping out in ways we could. It was a conversation that was happening in coffee shops. Here we are two years later. We've got another significant war happening in the Middle East, the Israel-Hamas conflict, which seems to take headlines all the time. And it makes me wonder, are we doing enough? one 332 8255 I'd love to hear from you and hear your thoughts. Because it feels to me like despite the fact the Prime Minister was in Kiev on the weekend, uh, he made a surprise visit over there to basically show and stand in solidarity with Ukraine. Absolutely fascinating to see, you know, again, another commitment, $2.7 billion Canada has committed in the military and financial assistance to Kiev this year. But you and I, are we talking about it the way we were two years ago? And has the support, has it, has it diminished? one 332 8255 I'd love to hear from you. Do you feel we are doing enough to support Ukraine? This $2.7 billion that Canada is giving to Ukraine, um, this is, you know, basically a way to show support, military, financial assistance. But don't forget, the Ukraine military 
is waiting for that U.S.-made NASAMS air defense system. Canada promised. In fact, Canada paid for it last year, but the U.S. has not delivered it yet. This is the advanced, it's state-of-the-art air defense system, identifies air attacks from planes, drones, missiles, you name it. Gives them a chance to counter, gives them a chance to respond. But the reality is, it hasn't been delivered yet. And you can imagine fighting a war when this system is out there. This system that could provide early warning and alert to them, to the military, to the country, that air attacks are about to happen. Canada's paid for it, but it hasn't been delivered. Where's the push there? How are we How are we ensuring that that's going over? one 332 8255 I would love to hear if you feel we are doing enough to support Ukraine. Ken Stromberg from Regina texted in and said, absolutely the best interview you've done on your show with Mr. Paul Hughes. Such a well-spoken man who's done so good. Hopefully this conflict ends soon and we can honor him, which he so richly deserves. There's so many people, right? There's so many people that are doing incredible things here at home. And we're going to feature and talk to some of those people through the show this morning and people that have gone over to Ukraine to actually provide relief there. Remember, we were chatting with Angela Hill last week, who is a communications specialist from Saskatoon, who's with a Red Cross contingent that are over in Ukraine right now. one 332 8255 The question is, do you feel we're doing enough to support Ukraine? You know, so much of it's in the language, too, because Ukrainian President, President Vladimir Zelensky at a news conference on Saturday, referred to the deals with Canada and Italy as containing security guarantees. But our Prime Minister and other NATO leaders haven't used the word guarantee. They've spoke about security assurances that they're providing Ukraine. And, you know, there are a lot of people that feel Canada's doing too much, sending too much money, doing too much, I got a text here that says, are we ready to send our sons and daughters over there to help fight in the war? It's inevitable at the pace we're at. We believe in this war enough. Let's sacrifice too. Canada needs to send our sons and daughters with a forced draft. Well, I'm sure there's people that have opinions on that. one 332 To me, it just feels as though we talked about it. And now it's the forgotten war. Not forgotten for people that live in Ukraine. Not forgotten for people that have been displaced. 6,300 people that have been displaced right here in Saskatchewan. And certainly not forgotten for people that have roots in, in Ukraine. 13% of Saskatchewan's population attached to Ukraine through heritage, family, and connection. But it seems to me like we aren't showing that moral support the way that we did off the start. We talk about Israel-Hamas a lot, but do we talk about Ukraine? one 332 Texts are coming in, and a lot of people are agreeing that we need to show more support, but, you know, the question is, is it simply just financial support? Is it, what do we need to do? Let's go to Jack in Lumsden. Jack, thanks for calling in this morning. You think there's more that we could do? Well, I think it's expedient emergency time now. 
As far as I'm concerned, I support the idea of getting some C-130 transport planes, load up all the ammunition, artillery, rockets that we've got in storage in Canada, and ship it to Poland via Ukraine and get it there because the is saying, we got about two weeks left here. We're running out of we're not, small arms ammunition. We're running out of everything. The, the Russians know this. So we, we've got to do something immediately, not say we're going to send some armored cars in six months. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's the problem. You, you, they're already rationing uh, ammunition. And how, how in a war uh, are you sending soldiers out with any sort of confidence to try and defend a country when they're rationing ammunition, Jack? No, they can't do it. And the Russians know they can push them because they can't even, they can't even retaliate. You know, it was really interesting. They held the the uh, news conference there where our prime minister was over there. They held it at the airport in Kiev. It was actually considered probably one of the most important opening days of the war because the Russian helicopters appeared in the sky early morning hours of February 24th of 22, and they didn't think they were going to face any resistance. They felt like they were going in, they were going to drop their bombs, and they were going to take over that airport. But Ukrainian forces were ready. They shot several of the helicopters out of the sky before they could land, and although the Russian forces in- inevitably were able to seize the airport, its tarmac was basically damaged beyond use by the fighting, and so the Russians planned to follow up by landing planes and then you know, continue the attacks from there were greatly halted. And so, you know, they, I'll tell you, the Ukrainians have done a good job at trying to protect themselves, but generally speaking, they are not in a position to defend themselves the way they, you know, they need to against a country like Russia, who clearly has been planning this for some time. And of course, spinning the media in their own country as to the reason why this is happening. one 332 8255 The question is, do you feel like we're doing enough to support Ukraine? More thoughts from you when we return on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Monday morning, and thanks so much for joining us. A cold start to the day in central Saskatchewan. The south part, actually, mild temperatures, but snow and that winter storm warning continues. Saskatchewan got hit hard overnight, and we'll continue to see that through most of the day today. In fact, if you're heading out on the highway, check the highway hotline. Uh, travel not can, not really something that is being advised in a big part of the province, especially west-central Saskatchewan, around Kindersley and area. Uh, roads are shut down in parts there, so make sure you check the highway hotline before you head out. Well, today we're featuring a lot of discussion, interviews, and stories that are coming from Ukraine. Ukraine, of course, on Saturday marked the second anniversary of the unprovoked attack by Russia on that country. The war has been surging on now for two years. Paul Hughes, Saskatchewan farmer who went over there over 600 days ago to provide humanitarian relief, has had incredible experiences, including being captured by Russian soldiers. We chatted with him just after nine. If you missed that, by the way, you can always go back on the website or wherever you get your podcasts and check it out. It is an incredible story that results in him getting away because he's able to talk about farming, agriculture, and hockey with his Russian captors who decided to let him go. He's still over there. He's still doing incredible work. And by the way, later this morning, we are going to be talking with people who have all kinds of connections to Ukraine, including people 
that are connected through the Ukrainian Canadian Congress. We've got uh, the President, Executive Director of the Saskatchewan Provincial Count, uh, Council, who will be joining me this morning, as well as a lady who's been displaced from Ukraine. One of 6,000-plus people that are now in Saskatchewan as a result of basically fleeing the country to keep themselves and their families safe. Uh, some incredible stories coming out of that, and that is coming up this morning just after 11 o'clock. The text line, by the way, has been going nonstop. People weighing in on whether or not you feel we're doing enough to support Ukraine. one 332 8255 Kim in Regina said, I would suggest asking, can we do more to help the people of Ukraine? Basically, can we stop funneling money into a black hole and dig into why this military conflict is even happening? Why now? Why not four years ago? We both have governments, and what have they done to lead up to this conflict? Basically, people saying, let's support the people. Sheldon and Estevan texts in. Appreciate Sheldon. He's a regular texter for us. Doesn't the Canadian forces have munitions and mortars that are probably ready to expire? Why can't we send them over to be used instead of the taxpayers being on the hook and just disposing of them? A couple of recent news stories on that. Speaking of that, police agencies in the province have done some work there when it comes to equipment that they have that they no longer use, or maybe it's it's past its shelf life for insurance purposes, but still is valuable in terms of providing safety and security for soldiers. So we will be talking with a police officer later this morning who will fill us in on those efforts. And speaking of that... Every Monday morning at 10 o'clock, we have the Roundtable of Justice. This is an opportunity to dig into something regarding community safety, justice, law enforcement in our province. Today, we're talking air support units. Both the Saskatoon Police Service and the Regina Police Service have air support units. We've got a pilot from each of those units in each of the cities joining us live this morning. We're going to talk about the units, how it's evolved, where it's at today, how it affects community safety, And we'll give you a chance to call in as well if you have a question for either of the pilots of our air support units. 1-877-332-8255 will be your key to get in. Coming up just after 10, right here on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.